Hey everyone, Michelle Seidling here with another episode of Military Transition Wellness, the podcast dedicated exclusively to those transitioning from military service. Today we are looking at creating healthy habits while you're in uniform, and then as you transition out, how you can use those same principles and take that good information with you as a successful civilian later on in life. With us today is Ashley McGee, a naval officer, as well as a health coach. Ashley, welcome to the podcast. This podcast is available on multiple platforms, including YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and others. Please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform to be informed as new episodes become available. If you enjoyed today's episode or any of our episodes, please rate and review the podcast on your favorite platform. As always, check out our website at foodexperienceunplugged.com for some resources as you begin your health journey. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. I'm super excited to be here. Oh, so excited to have you. Now, still what piques my curiosity, as well as I'm sure our listeners, is you're still on active duty. So why why the health coaching addition to everything else you have going on? And then, you know, how did you how did you get started in all of that? Yeah, and, and really it, the the answer to both of those questions is kind of the same. Uh, so early on in my career, I really struggled with my health. Um, I, I went to the Naval Academy for my undergrad, and you know I was not not a runner, not a PT stud, and was always kind of on the borderline when it come came to uh, meeting health and weight standards. And that only got worse when I got to my first ship, and I was an engineering div- division officer working crazy hours. And my health just continued to decline because I didn't, I didn't have those habits in place. I never learned really how to create, you know, healthy eating habits and and really how to manage my workouts with a schedule like that. So I got to the point where um, my physical health declined so much that it was impacting my mental health. And I started struggling with depression. I was borderline suicidal and that was the point where I was like, okay, this is, this is now life or death for me to figure this out. And because of my work schedule, I knew I had to start small. And by taking those like little steps, I was able to build those healthy habits where they got me out of my just despair mentally. I started to feel better physically. And then I was even able to take that with me on deployment. But I realized as I was learning these lessons for myself that it was a really common struggle. And the way that we treat health and wellness in the military community in many ways is, is backwards. And so, you know, that's where I kind of fell into the health coaching side of it because <laughs> once I figured it out for myself, I wanted to help other people do the same. And I have found that, you know, it it tends to look a little bit different depending on where you're at in your uh, military career, right? Like if you're active duty or or veteran or in that transition period, it looks a little different, but the principles of creating those habits tend to be the same. So mm-hmm. my approach, I, you know, I customize it based to the, the person that I'm working with, but uh, ultimately the principles are the same. Okay. Okay. Now, even, I guess, rewinding even further, how did you decide to join the Navy and, and, and choose that, that military direction in your life? Yeah. So I had 
a grandfather, and actually my both both my grandfather and my uncle were Naval Academy graduates, but my grandfather in particular really wanted a grandkid to go to the academy. So he started talking about his experiences when I was in middle school. And the more he talked about them, the more I was interested. And, and for me, what attracted me into service was the camaraderie piece mm-hmm. and being a part of something bigger than just myself. So that kind of set me on the path where I went to the Naval Academy right after high school. And and here I am. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fantastic. Oh, my goodness. And uh, optimally, then I'm sure you have experienced a lot of fulfillment. And as you've, you know, lived your own, your own dreams and your own um, ambitions, as well as, as thinking about your, your family members, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He, my grandfather, unfortunately passed away my sophomore year at the Academy. So he never saw me graduate, but I, I think about him a lot as I've you know gone through my career and I joke. So even on third gen, I am the first non-aviator of the family, which is why I then had to go marry a Navy pilot. So we, we could still keep the string going. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Now, how is that in terms of guess, juggling your own uh, routines and habits. Um, I mean, you're, you're active duty, you're married to a, a military person as well, and you've got the health coaching and you've got likely other responsibilities. How do you, how do you juggle that in terms of, of the, the healthy habits and routines aspect of it? Good question. So one of the biggest kind of core values for myself, both personally, and then also in my business is the integrity of practicing what I preach. And so when it's come to balancing my business with my, my career, and now, you know, I'm also working on transitioning out of the military, I have had to adjust what I could do based on my bandwidth. And in the last couple of years, actually be really honest with myself when I was maybe struggling a little bit more mentally to say, okay, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling, you know, starting to feel those symptoms of burnout. I need to step back. I need to dial mm-hmm. things back. So that has been a big piece of what I, a lot of learning actually that I've done in the last couple of years, because, you know, living in a pandemic is bonkers and we've all been <laughs> a little bit on the struggle bus, but uh, that's been also really interesting because as I've done that, I've heard from other people in, even just in the coaching space, other coaches saying, Hey, seeing you talk about this openly and stepping back when you needed to normalize that for me and gave me permission to do that when I was feeling the same way, which I I think is, is really amazing. But my kind of key to, to success and, and, and balancing and juggling all the things is ultimately time management. I joke that I live and die by my calendar because I, I, I have to have things planned out. I have to have things scheduled. And that includes those ha- healthy habits. So when I sit down to plan out my week, I am scheduling my workouts with that. I am determining you know, what my meal planning is going to be, how I'm going to be eating. Uh, if, if I need to go to the grocery store, I kind of actually try to avoid it. So I have other <laughs> processes in place for that to automate. <laughs> but yeah, time management, like if, if, if you're trying to do these things and and not looking at your schedule, like I, I personally don't know how, how that is even possible. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. So you're planning, you know, on upfront before the week starts and what is, what does your week look like? Uh, so 
I, I get up about an hour to an hour and a half earlier than I need to, <laughs> to work on whatever business things uh, I, I have on my to-do list in the morning before I start my workday. Um, I am still, we are kind of hybrid telework and onsite. So today's a telework day, which is why I'm not in uniform and I'm home. But, uh, you know, going into the office, working, you know, kind of a standard 08 to 1600 kind of working day. And then after work is usually like where I get my workout in. Um, if if I have uh, coaching calls with clients, I, that's also I'll use either that hour before I start my working day or after work. I will schedule those things around my workout, you know, balancing the pieces out. Um, and then and then my my personal, you know, decompression time. So dinner with my husband and then we, we usually watch a show and, and I knit. So knitting is, is one of my like self-care hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. It sounds like you're really having that, that balance. You found that, that kind of, you've got your, your processes in place, so to speak. Wow. Yes. But I think it's also really important to, and this is for everyone, right? Especially because our lives can be so different from one day to the next is, you know, we go through seasons. So even with those habits and processes, being able to adjust them and flex them depending on what season I'm in. So when I was like really overwhelmed, really dealing with burnout, like I cut everything off with my business and I was like prioritizing sleep and sleeping in, in the mornings Mm -hmm. just because I needed that. that, That's what my body needed in that time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, now in your, I mean, you're, you yourself are transitioning. So how are you, um, I guess what what habits have you formed? We we kind of talked a little bit about things, but and and then how are you taking that with you at, mm-hmm. when, once you transition? Yeah, so I, I would say the biggest one is prioritizing, like prioritizing my workouts as one of my first things in my schedule. Our our bodies are made to move. Fitness is a really important aspect, and it's really easy when when things are in flux, especially. I mean it all of us have gone through at least one PCS move in our lives, right? Where <laughs> when you're moving, if like, that's the only thing you're focused on, it can be really easy to to sacrifice those healthy habits. And so that's kind of a, a key example I give of, no, this is still non-negotiable. You still need to figure out, again, it may look different than your normal workout routine, but saying, all right, I'm going to at least like take 30 minutes and go get a walk-in or do something that that also gives me some space to kind of decompress and away from whatever the situation is. So that that's one piece where, you know, as I transition that that will remain uh, one of my like biggest habits that I'm, I'm keeping with me and also looking at kind of my, my mental wellness space um, in the transition process, right? I'm about nine months out. So like I just put in my paperwork, like the process is starting um, but there's a lot of uncertainty for me because my husband is also retiring this year. Mm. So we're, we're both transitioning out together <laughs> and there's a lot of, we don't know where we're going to live where we, you know, we're not necessarily sure about jobs and things like that. And I am a very goal oriented person and I, I'm a planner. So having that uncertainty is, is difficult for me. So one of the things I know about myself and about my mental health is I, I need to have ways to be able to chip away at, at a plan, even if there's a lot of uncertainty. So identifying, okay, what, what can I do to move myself forward? Even if it's a really small step and making sure I follow through on those actions. And that, that kind of process can be applied to 
any aspect of, of health, right? Like how can I eat just a little bit better? Well, maybe it's meal planning or paying attention to serving sizes or, you know, really trying to prioritize whole foods rather than processed foods. I already talked about how it can apply to working out, right? Like just take a 10, 20 minute walk. Like a lot of people get stuck with, well, if if I don't have an hour at the gym, then it doesn't count. Like everything counts. (laughs) Everything always counts. Um, So when you can look at what is, what is one small step I can take to move forward? What is one thing I can do to serve my body today? And ask yourself that every single day, that's where these habits really start to form. And regardless of what season of life you're in, you can still do something that feels good for yourself. Mm, I love that. Just kind of, kind of self-regulating and understanding you and your own habits and routines. Absolutely. And letting go of like the desire for perfection, because we all do this. We think we have to do everything perfect. And when you hold yourself to that, like life isn't perfect. You have to have room for flexibility. Mm -hmm. So it, it allows you to go, okay, this may not be pretty. It may not be perfect today, but at least I'm doing something that feels good. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned that there were some, um, you know, when you first started health coaching as well, that there were certain common struggles that, that people are having while they're on, on active duty or in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, what, will you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. So the number one struggle that I see kind of sabotaging people, and this is across the board, is what I just talked about, that perfection and like all or nothing mentality. Because what happens is people bounce from diet plans and workout plans, trying trying to find, you know, the, the secret recipe, the thing that will, you know, solve all of their problems and try to do it, you know, 100,000% all in. And as soon as life happens, it just blows them completely off course. And with the military, a lot of times it's, you know, as soon as you're PCSing or going on deployment and you can't go to your gym, you've been going to, or, or, you know, whatever it may be. And they, and they don't know how to adapt it. Mm -hmm. So it's really about figuring out kind of the, the basics of, and, and what I use to teach my clients is the four pillars of health, which are food, fitness, sleep, and mindset, and establishing habits in each pillar is where you actually create holistic, healthy habits over time, right? Where it becomes sustainable, where it becomes a lifestyle. Um, so, so that's one thing. Uh, the other piece, and this is really where like the military culture comes in, and I see it, it it's like two sides of the same coin, depending on whether or not you're active duty or a veteran. And that is shame and guilt around your body and, and how you look, right? Mm-hmm. So while you're active duty, it's, shame and guilt around not feeling like you, you look like you should in uniform, right? There's this perception of, well, I should, I should be thinner. I should be fitter. I should look a certain way because I wear a uniform. And then once you transition out, it's, I can't believe I let myself go and I can't even fit into an old uniform anymore. So I don't look like I should as a veteran. Mm. And the problem with this is, I mean, there's a lot of problems, right? Like, but, Mm. but from a, a mental health standpoint, when you are treating yourself and your body with with this guilt and shame, it's really hard to then create habits that really show your body respect, right? Health and, and having these healthy habits is reinforcing love and respect for your body because it feels good. And it's easier to follow through on actions that are kind to yourself when you do have that self-love and self-respect. And so if you are feeling this these guilt, shame, 
you know, feelings and thoughts relating to your body and your appearance, that's where you end up in back to that all or nothing mentality or extreme dieting, over-exercising, these behaviors that ultimately cause more damage than good for your body because you're, you're trying, you're almost punishing yourself for not being what you think you should be. Mm, okay. And so this is typical. So with even, you know, on active duty, you're still in uniform, but you're just not feeling up to par, basically. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of the people that I work with are, you know, the, the, the thought that keeps them up at night is, you know, am I going to be able to pass weigh-ins? Am I going to be able to pass my next physical, physical fitness test? So, you know, that's, that's very specifically the headspace that they're in. Um, you know, people, people that like crush the PRT every year, like probably aren't giving me a call as a health coach. Um, so it it is, you know, those, that's in particular, the folks that I I tend to attract and work with, uh, from the military space. Mm, Okay. All right. Now with those pillars, you mentioned that there, you know, are specific different routines or, or things to think about. Will you kind of elaborate on that within each of those pillars? Certainly. So, First, like there's a very good reason that there's four. And the image I like to give people is imagine, you know, like a roof and, and the, and the roof is basically your health, right? So you have four pillars, food, fitness, sleep, mindset, kind of holding up that roof. Most people are only focusing on one, maybe two of those pillars. Well, if you have like two pillars trying to hold up your roof, you know, on one side, it's going to topple off, right? Like it's not going to work. Um, and so most people, when it comes down to it, they're focusing on typically either food or fitness, maybe both. Um, but, but that's where we start, right? Diet and exercise is where we think we need to start. Mm-hmm. But without sleep, first of all, sleep is like the number one thing that will affect your health. And even obviously if you're deployed, if you're, if you're standing watch and you're getting like three hours of sleep at a time, which I've done that, uh, it, it, you, to hear me say that can go, well, okay, cool, Ashley, but like, I can't actually control my sleep schedule right now. So what else you got? There's actually ways to get the benefits of deep sleep without sleeping. So, and that's really meditate meditation, right? There are certain forms of meditation that will actually put your brain in that same space. So you can essentially make up for not having that much sleep with like a 20 minute session of like transcendental meditation as an example. So sleep, super important. And a lot of people will sacrifice sleep to like go to the gym earlier, for example. Well, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul if you do that, because again, sleep is the most important thing that impacts your health because of all of the kind of deep cleaning and regulatory uh, processes that your body goes through when you sleep. And the last piece is mindset. And people will talk about mindset from like a really surface level, right? So it'll be like, oh, you know, getting motivated or um, you know, like being able to stay consistent, but mindset is also what I was just talking about with how you feel about your body, how you treat yourself. So that's kind of like surface level, what the four pillars are about and why there are four as far as habits go and and where to kind of start. Um, so with mindset, since that's where I left off, we're talking about, uh, how to, how to feel good about your body, how to love and respect yourself. And even, and it is okay to want to, you know, lose weight, tone up, do these things and still 
like come from a place of loving and respecting yourself. I think there's a kind of a misconception there, especially with like the body positivity movement of like, well, how, how am I supposed to love myself and also want to lose weight? You, you can do both, right? It's about pursuing the best version of yourself and what that looks like for you. So my favorite habit for mindset is words of affirmation or words of affirmation, positive affirmations. So write down five positive affirmations relating specifically to how you want to believe about yourself. And it can be simple as I am worthy of love and respect. My body has done amazing things for me and taken me amazing places, right? Like creating that like love and respect for yourself. And you write these down and they have to resonate with you, right? They have to be personal and specific to you. Write them on a post-it, stick them on your mirror in your bathroom and say them to yourself every day. And you got to like, look at yourself while you say it, the more uncomfortable this process makes you, the more you need it. Right. Because if, if saying nice things to yourself is an uncomfortable process, okay, time for some positive affirmations. But the reason this works is because your brain believes what you tell it. So the more that you do this, the more you actually start to believe like, yes, I am worthy of love and respect. Like my body is, is capable of amazing things. And this is a beautiful thing. So that's like my favorite kind of mindset habit. And you can do that from anywhere, right? Like it doesn't matter where you're at in your life. It, you can do it anywhere. Um, and if you have a roommate and you're like, I don't want them seeing my affirmations. Okay. Then make a reminder in your phone and every day it will pop up with your affirmations and say them to yourself. Right. Mm, okay. So yeah. So that, that's like my mindset piece. I know I, I can go like a million miles an hour on this stuff because I love it. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's all good. Please, please continue. <laughs> so uh -huh. then when it comes to like sleep, there's a lot of very simple tweaks you can do to improve your sleep hygiene and improve the quality of your sleep. We often focus on quantity, you know, oh, seven to nine hours, but actually quality is really, really important. You should be trying to aim for at least an hour of REM and deep sleep a night to really be getting those benefits. Um, and so what can you do? Well, stay off your phone <laughs> before bedtime, stay away from screens. But if you do need to be on a screen using blue light filtering glasses, um, the reason why this is important is because the blue light actually tricks your circadian rhythm. And we as humans are designed, you know, evolutionarily to, to, to wake up and to sleep with the sun. Right. So if your brain thinks it's still daylight because you're staring at a blue screen, that's it's not going to basically go into the processes that will help you wind down, help you fall asleep. So blue light filtering glasses and staying away from screens can make a huge difference. Trying to have your last meal um, about three hours before you go to bed is also going to be hugely beneficial for the quality of sleep you're going to get because if your body is digesting, it can't really go into those deep cleaning processes that it needs to for you to behave like optimally. Mm -hmm. um, so those are two really simple uh, kind of bedtime and sleep hygiene uh, habits that can have a significant impact on the quality of your sleep. Mm, okay. Now with these, these habits or these pillars, you, how does that, how do you, you make adjustments or how to have your, have some of your clients made adjustments, whether if they're going on deployment or if they're PCSing or if their work schedule changes to some degree, how are, how are they adjusting those, those little, uh, those smaller points to, mm -hmm. to really stay on target? And, and the key there is, is small points, right? So it, a lot of times when we start out a new habit, we're, we, we try to go all in. 
And so let's take the example of, of working out, right? You're starting a workout habit. You're like, well, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week for an hour every day. If you are going from zero to the gym five days a week, like that's probably not going to work long-term for one after day one, you're going to be so sore. You're like, I'm never doing this again. Like, what was I thinking? (laughs) But so starting small with even, okay, I'm going to go for a 20 minute walk three days a week on my lunch break. Couple things that are happening there. First, it's small. You know, it's a place to start. Secondly, it's very specific. You have to get clear on the new habit you're trying to create. And this goes into like the four laws of habit change. Uh, James Clear breaks this down in Atomic Habits. Highly recommend. Great book. But you you it, you have to be really, really specific and clear and make it obvious what the new habit you're trying to create is. Um, then adding some accountability to it. And that could be you know, having a coach to help you stay accountable, telling a friend, having your spouse or a partner uh, start this habit with you. Those are all ways to create accountability. When we create accountability, it basically makes the habit more attractive. We're more likely to follow through on it because we know someone else is either doing it with us or is going to ask them if we follow through on it. Mm-hmm. So those those are a few ways to, to start the new habit. Um, and then the last piece is, is making it satisfying. So how can you reward yourself for following through on that habit? And I always put the caveat, the reward has to be in alignment with your goals. So if you are, let's say you're trying to lose weight, you're starting a new workout routine, rewarding yourself with food, for example, may not necessarily be in alignment with your goals. And it also doesn't help you kind of uncouple the relationship with between food and reward and things like that. So, you know, if you are, again, let's go back to the fitness thing. So you walked three days a week for 20 minutes on your lunch break, you get to the end of the week, you're like, heck yeah, I did it. How can you reward yourself? And it could be as simple as like, what what are your go-to self-care te- techniques that like really soothe your soul? It could be tell your spouse that they're taking the kids for the next two hours and you're just going to have some me time. It could be, you know, getting a manicure or like I said, knitting, sewing, reading a book, whatever kind of soothes your soul and, and, and gives you that restoration. But when you associate it with, yeah, I'm like feeling good about this habit. It reinforces your desire to do that habit that, and also paying attention to the changes. So again, with health, we get so focused on like the scale, right? I tell people like throw your scale at the window. Scales suck. I hate them. They're the worst. Uh, (laughs) To track progress, pictures and measurements are always going to be much better. And the reason for this is because especially when you're adding in new fitness routines, things like this, your body composition is changing and a scale doesn't reflect that. I've had clients that will drop entire dress sizes and the scale is basically the same. So it, it, it can be really demotivating for people if you're just looking at a scale. But other ways to make this new habit satisfying is looking at, are you sleeping better? How do you feel? Do you have less chronic pain? Are you waking up more energized in the morning? Like, are your clothes fitting better? These are all non-scale ways to look at, actually, no, I'm, I'm really seeing the benefit of what I'm doing and I want to continue it and maybe even beef it up. Maybe you increase your days from three to five days a week, right? Okay. Now, being a transitioner yourself, how are you, I guess this is kind of the million dollar question, is how are you going to take those habits to the, the, the unknown world here as you, as you embark on, on civilian life? 
Yeah, that that is a question, right? Because uh, I don't know what I don't know <laughs> from, you know, I, I don't know, and especially in, in the world we live in now, right? Like I have no idea if I'm going to be in a like hybrid remote and on-site position, like if I'm going to be teleworking, like I, from that aspect, I have no idea what like my day-to-day life is going to look like. But the nice thing is, especially for me as someone that, and I think everyone, right? Like we, we, we like our certainty and it's nice to have something to cling to in, in uncertain times. And that's where like habits really make a huge difference. So I know even if I'm not really sure what my schedule is going to look like. At some point, I will figure it out and I'll make sure I'm planning out my week, right? Planning my workouts, still, um, you know, creating those healthy habits, depending on where I live, figuring out, okay, well, what are, I really try to buy like local and in-season food. So, okay, when's the farmer's market? When, how can I, you know, source food in a way that I, that I want to for my health? Um, Sleep, (laughs) I, I am such a brat about my sleep now. <laughs> Anyone can ask my husband this, like, don't mess with Ashley's sleep. Like she, like some people get hangry, like don't mess with my sleep because I am, I'm a different person. <laughs> um, and so, you know, that is already such a strong thing in place for me. I don't really see that changing except if slash when we ended up starting a family, then, you know, you have kids and everything's out the window and I have no idea what I'll do. (laughs) I will probably work with a coach that specializes in, you know, making that transition. Right. So that that's kind of where I see things going. Um, and, and from what I've seen in, in previous times in my, like when I've dealt with uncertainty, you know, when, when the pandemic first hit and I went to max telework, I, I gave myself like, I think a week, of like, I'm not going to set an alarm. I'm just going to wake up what I want to. And because I didn't really have a defined job yet. I just, tra- I just PCS like into a new job. Mm-hmm. And then we went to telework. And I'm like, I don't even have anything to do right now. But it lasted about a week of that until I was like, okay, I need to fall back on my habits now. <laughs> I need to go back to my normal routines because it created safety and comfort, comfort and stability in uncertain times. And I think that that's exactly what I will do and take with me as I figure out this whole, you know, being a civilian thing. (laughs) Mm, Okay. So just kind of cutting yourself a little bit of slack, but still not, uh, not holding on to your habits basically. Exactly. And and that's the nice thing about having kind of that, that lifestyle of healthy habits versus trying to follow like a diet really strictly or workout plan really strictly is because it, it is already designed to flex when life happens or as life happens. Right. So that's really what I believe is the difference that creates that sustainable, healthy lifestyle. Mm, okay. I love that. Just really having that flexibility. Absolutely. Now, now for, for other transitioners, as they, as they prepare to, to, uh, you know, plan their, their next move or their next, uh, next stage of life, are any words of wisdom, recommendations as, as they go through this and really holding on to the good habits and, and forming new ones? I would say the biggest thing is probably get clear on, on your values, on your why, the things that are fulfilling to you. Because I think it's really easy. And and this is like, this is what I'm experiencing right now, right? Like, it's really easy to kind of focus on what you don't want, right? Like, I I mean, 
for folks that are retiring, like they've done the career. Awesome. Like that's my husband. He's like, I'm ready to move on to the next thing for me. I'm getting out at about my 10 year point. And big reason that is like, I don't want to do this job anymore. Like I'm ready to move on to something different, but it's really easy to fall into the trap of like, well, I know I, I don't, I don't want to do like the military work. I don't want to do the thing that I'm doing right now. But if your identity has been defined by being in the military, it's time to get clear on what, what are the things that drive you? What are the things that make you feel fulfilled? What are you looking for in this next period of your life? And that's not just the job or how much money you want to make or whatever, but like, what, what are your hobbies? What shapes your identity outside of your military connection? Because it's so easy to be like, oh, well, everything I am is wrapped up in this job and being in the military and you transition out and you're like, well, wait, who am I now? It's like an identity crisis. So doing that work and it's personal development work and you might dredge up stuff that you're like, I didn't know this was here. I'm not super excited about the fact that I found out about this, but ultimately I think it sets people up for success where you're going to be a lot happier in the long run. Mm. Okay. Fantastic. I love it. Well, Ashley, how can people get in contact with you? So the easiest ways uh, is either on my website. So it's very easy. It's ashleymcgeecoaching.com. Actually, ashleymcgee.com. I don't even know my own site. That's great. Uh, ashleymcgee.com. Uh, so just my name. Or I'm also on Instagram at ashleymcgeecoach. Um, I have a Healthy Women Warriors Facebook group. So if you want to kind of get daily reminders and tips of how to practice the things that we talked about here. Um, yeah, variety of places, but those are probably the easiest places to find me. Fantastic. We will include all of those in the show notes. Ashley, you are a wealth of knowledge, both in and out of the military. And I'm so excited that you've helped so many people while still in the service and then using that information and, and really helping people as uh, and, and helping yourself as you transition to, to a, new, a new life, a new career. So amazing. Thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you, Michelle.